I am Howard Turtle, and we are watching Animal Olympics on the Bagel Basket. Oh, a Billy Crystal Penguin and a Gilda Radner bunch of other damn animals. That's right, Animal Olympics. It's in the basket. The 10CC's Bagel Basket. And now, live via satellite, Animal Olympics. The five rings of the paw print, symbol of world peace through animal athletics. Presented by ZOO, the network that brings out the beast in sports. Tear me apart, Lisa! We took out of a building! Yes, it was very exciting. Tomorrow we go to the zoo. I love you! That's all I needed to hear. I'm so excited! I'm so excited! We don't have to be mean. Because remember, no matter where you go, there you are. I'm a flamingo! Bark, bark! Hi, I'm why Scott Curlin. I mean, why the fuck not? <laughs> Hi, Up welcome to Raiders. Cat is God dog. damn it! Can I just fucking get the opening? <laughs> Sorry. Hi, welcome to Raiders Bagel Basket. I'm Scott Curlin, and joining me are my loves from Jukebox Zeros. Hey, guess what, guys? I gave us all nicknames. We got Patty Cakes, we got mm. Lily Pad, and I'm Scott Pocket. <laughs> oh, that's cute. That's really cute. I stick this you in the is microwave. So heartwarming. Burn so my charming. mouth on your innards. <laughs> well, we need some brevity during wait, this wait, wait, horrible wait. Can, nightmare. I'm, I'm sorry. Can we just marinate in that statement for a second? <laughs> the part where Pat said, "Burn my mouth on your innards." Actually, I stuck him in the microwave too long. <laughs> but I was so drunk. Well, no, the, the the first bite into me would burn his innards, but the second bite would be ice cold. <laughs> yes, that 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 is how the legend goes. That is uh, that is cooler than being cool. Yeah, it's ice cold, baby. <laughs> So, guys, do you want to introduce yourselves other than your stupid nicknames that I gave us all? I'm Patty Cake. <laughs> I'm Lily Pad. I'm, I'm Baby. <laughs> and I'm Scott Pocket. And I'm Asshole. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're, we're Pat and Lil's from, from Jukebox Zeros. We, we've been on here before. From the land of Juking Boxshire. Yes, yes, exactly. Where, where the boxes are always a juking. Yes. Lils, I think you're the second most frequent guest. That's not my wife. I think you and David Allen P. or Mallory mm. are tied. I think David I mean, Allen I'm glad to be second place to David Allen P. because he's he's a class act. <laughs> I love David <laughs> Allen Greer. <laughs> yes, David, David Allen Greer. <laughs> yes, men on film. That's what we're talking yeah. about. D- you could say DAP is your PFT. What? Yes. Paul, Paul F. Tompkins. Oh, yes. But I'm your Paul F. Tompkins. I'm delighted! It's different for every podcast. So, you brought us, uh, Lils, you brought us Animal Olympics, which, holy fucking shit, I didn't even know this existed. Yeah, um, it's like, the reason I initially suggested it is because, obviously, we're all trapped in our houses, as well we should be. Yep. And I wanted to pick out something that uh you know we could all that was readily available to watch without having to be a part of a streaming service 
And just in keeping with the, you know, the flow of the actual podcast, this is something that I was nostalgic for a long while ago because my parents were big fans of it. I think entirely because they were such big fans of Gilda Radner. Okay, not they, 10 cc's. <laughs> no, not 10 cc. But they basically just like devoured everything Gilda Radner related and they just played it one like just one day out of nowhere they rented it from a store and just like here child it's, it's animation the joy and i remember really liking it as a mom, kid mom dad did you forget my name <laughs> you are child now young child keeps it easier to remember yeah um but like I remember watching it and liking it. I actually watched it again earlier in the year when I was recovering from a uh, unfortunate operation. And, like, I picked it up because, like, there's a YouTuber called Saberspark who did who does reviews of animation and stuff, and he did a recent review of it. So that put that back in my head thinking, hey, I'll watch that. I could use some nice nostalgia as long as I'm stuck at, stuck at home for a different reason than current. And so now I'm watching it. The, so now I'm watching it a third time. Okay, so I did some research on this. This was commissioned by I think either ABC or CBS Television. Um, uh, you are wrong on both counts. It's the NBC. It's the NBC network. Oh, I thought that NBC had it pulled because they didn't get permission. Anyways, uh, of course it was that, NBC. Those it was, rapscallions. It was commissioned by NBC, but they never aired it. And and HBO ended up picking it up, <laughs> and they lumped it all together because yeah. it was two parts. It was Winter Olympics and Summer Olympics. I, I actually have the Wikipedia entry right here. Should I just read off the production entry? Sure. I don't even care anymore. <laughs> We're all dead I, I'm at rock anyway. bottom, Lils. I, <laughs> I did a podcast on Urkel. <laughs> Check uh, out Where the World is Stephen Quincy Urkel. Quincy Urkel. On, on Zero Science Network. Uh, Animal Olympics was commissioned by NBC in 1978 as the network intended Lizberger Studios to create it as a, as two hour-long specials to be paired alongside coverage of both the 1980 Winter Olympics and the Summer Olympics then held in Moscow. Yeah, that sounds like something that NBC would do. <laughs> yeah. After the Soviet Union had invaded and gained control of Afghanistan, then United States President Jimmy Carter decided to boycott the Moscow Summer Olympics. Because <gasps> of this, I'm saying no. That's because, what we're going to do. <laughs> because of this, NBC canceled its Olympic coverage and the Animal Olympics summer special. How dare they? How dare they invade Afghanistan? What kind of country would do that for several, several years? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, we're, we're not a political podcast. Uh, no. I think, I think we can all agree that the, uh, the big loss is that we never got to see that is that we... Many, many years before our respective births never got to see this. That's yeah. right, yeah. <laughs> on, this t- on TV as it was intended. Really the best way to watch it, not on YouTube, which was how I had to watch it. I couldn't even get to the link that you sent, Lils. It like really? wouldn't yeah. load, so I, so I had to watch the, the version on, on YouTube. You uh, couldn't get that, the Archive of America one. <laughs> <laughs> no. that, that's, from, that's, from that's from archive.org. That's from like, like Library of Congress. This yeah, is in the Library work. of Congress. Yeah, you didn't have to go to the YouTube version and watch the shifty version. Well, the YouTube There's one was... There's a perfectly was... legal version you could have watched. 
YouTube one was loaded like not that long ago, like February 2020, which is weird. Well, we're going to be quarantined, mind. so people are going to want to see two different versions of Animal Olympics. <laughs> I don't want to watch the version that's that's hosted on the United States Archive website. I want to watch the one that's in slight that's in that sounds like you're slightly underwater and is occasionally interrupted with Honda commercials. Just aliasing help me everywhere. Honda, help, help me, Honda. Do you remember those? <laughs> Yes. When, oh my God. No. When Honda used to do "Help Me, Rhonda." Help what? me, Honda. Yeah, get into a better car. <laughs> I've never heard of this. What was it, Pat? Like? That, that was early nineties. Yeah, that, that was nineteen ninety one. Early nineties, I think. Yeah, ninety one. Sounds oh, about right. Oh man. Oh boy. Okay, so it's weird. The cast of this is like amazing. So you have Gilda Radner during SNL, I guess is when she recorded it, but it wasn't released on HBO. So it was released <coughs> on HBO when HBO came out in 1980. Mm-hmm. They like lumped them together, which I got to say, the animation is pretty fucking good. And if this is animation month, it's not terrible considering at this time you had like... Well, something for something commissioned for television, sure. Yeah. Because I was thinking for, like, TV commission stuff, you have, like, Gumby Christmas and, like, all that weird shit. And I don't mean Gumby Christmas with Eddie Murphy going, son of a bitch! I mean, this also would have been the time, like, because the 1980s, or at least the early to mid-1980s, were notorious for having very bad animation in terms of, like, TV-related stuff. Yeah. And that was kind of coming from, like, the 70s when, like, Hanna-Barbera was holding sway, and they were, like, the kings of limited animation. So to see something like this, like, as intricately animated as it is, you know, it's it's pretty rad. Yeah, and they didn't, like, recycle backgrounds like Hanna-Barbera did. I mean, there were a couple instances where they recycled some cells that, you know, I could see, but it wasn't, like, you know, ridiculously overt, like in a Hanna-Barbera cartoon. I thought the uh, the motions of the animals were, were like, were, were very... Uh very deliberate uh but yeah yeah i i i agree that there it was definitely like better animation than than uh than like hanna barbera and and uh filmation yeah like like and that style of animation uh yeah i noticed that there there was like a lot of fluid motion happening and and it was it was almost a little disturbing at times it was kind of like uncanny (laughs) well what was really creepy is someone clearly has like a fetish for anthropomorphic creatures oh we're gonna get we're gonna get get into this are we (laughs) furry Um, olympics yeah that's what this was right (laughs) this was like a very furry thing oh absolutely for sure this is yeah this is like the beginning of that like this and robin hood pretty much created furries and anarchists (laughs) (laughs) wasn't robin hood around this time uh robin hood was 73 actually okay yeah so this was commissioned in 78 five years later Eh. yeah Mm. Robin Hood and Gilda Radner hopping through the forest. Oodalotty, oodalotty, oodalotty. <laughs> Gilda Radner is billed first. <laughs> I mean, understandably so. I I feel like she's the only, like, apart from the no-name guy that they get doing, like, almost every single voice. Michael Fremer? She, yeah. Michael Fremer, who I believe was also, like... Co-director of this. Co- like co-director, co-writer, and I think he was also the soundtrack supervisor. 
I mean, one of the most distinctive voices I noticed right off the bat was fucking Harry Shearer. He was doing the Kent Brockman voice like right away. Oh, <laughs> a little right. bit. It was it, supposed yeah. to be. Um, oh my god, who is the sportscaster? Vince Scully. Yeah, it was supposed to be Vince Scully. Yeah, it's clearly like an impression of him that he went and like used as the Kent Brockman voice later on. So it's kind of interesting to to see that. Uh, you know, nine years before The Simpsons came out, or, or even like before that character was around. But yeah, what I what I was gonna say, Gilda Radner is basically does the mo- like is the most famous person to do the most voices of yeah. the cast. Does she do like the Barbara Walters and and yeah, and the uh, she the does fucking... every woman except for Kit Mabumbo. What was Kit Mambo? Yeah, that is the Michael Fremer guy. <laughs> mm-hmm. So that so she just did, proves she did the sexy spaniel too. Yeah, she did the sexy spaniel. She did the sexy mink. She basically did all the sexy characters. Yeah, <laughs> that the she did the sexy spaniel sounds like a line from a Steely Dan song. <laughs> she and did the she sexy did... spaniel. Ride it oh. down to Tijuana. Boo do 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 sexy spaniel. <laughs> Oh, boy. Okay, so thoroughly turned down by that dog. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> but why do they have to make them so, you know, endowed? Yeah, that, so so tying back to that thing about the fluid motion thing, there there was a few scenes where where they definitely made her breasts a little too uh, animated. <laughs> <laughs> there, there's a scene for where a like, children's program. <laughs> There's a scene where she's just kind of twirling a gold medal on her finger. Oh, that part, and like yeah. that feels like the most overt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, you know what like little her, kids like her cleavage. Boobs. Her hairy cleavage is in full view. Oh, fuzzy. Okay, it's fuzzy. Uh, well, okay, that like makes it better. <laughs> well, when when they're doing the race between the the French goat, which I don't understand why that goat is French. And then the puma, or the lioness, um, they they do a long, long close up of the goat staring at the the lioness's butt, and it is uncomfortably long. Yeah, is that's, that during that's, the marathon? That's character development in this film. Just oh, also one thing that I wanted to bring up is the end of this uh, for the race of them running is pretty much verbatim have you ever seen uh hbo's tour de pharmacy the the um the fake mockumentary andy sandberg did on the tour de france no i didn't no haven't heard of it it ends pretty much the same way so so it's them recounting their younger days and the old version of andy sandberg is jeff goldblum (laughs) that tracks and the old version of freddie highmore's character is Julia Ormond because you find out that she was not admitted into the Tour de France because um, she was a woman, so she pretended to be a young boy, an eighteen-year-old mm. boy, and then Sandberg finds out, and they fall in love, and they get—they're basically winning the Tour de France holding hands, <laughs> or they're about to. That seems yeah. like, like that would be very hard. Very hard to do on bicycles. Freddie Highmore. That's a name I haven't heard in a long time. What's he up yeah. to? Bates Motel. He is the good doctor on ABC's The Good Doctor, Tuesday nights at 8. Oh. How, what is he like? He's got to be like in his late 20s by now. He's like 25, 26. 
Yeah, good for him. Good for him for 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 uh, for aging. <laughs> aging. Good on him. Yeah. What good we're all jo- doing in quarantine. Good job. Passage of time. <laughs> doing its thing. Just dotting those eyes and crossing them T's. Good. Good solid work. Did anyone else have a problem with the fact that like there is a very very blatant music video flow and everything after a while like when when i first started watching this i was like oh this is really good like i love the opening of uh i'm not even gonna say the guy from 10 cc's i'm just gonna say 10 cc yeah (laughs) um because the fun fact is like the guy from 10 cc was commissioned to write the music and then he got the rest of the band to do it and they got graham goldman yeah i mean i would not be surprised if like Graham Goldman initially pitched, like I've got to d- get 10 CC. Like my band 10 CC will do it. No, we don't want to get 10 CC. Just you, Graham. Oh, okay, but I can pick anyone I want. Sure, okay, I pick 10 CC. Well, what really? happened like- was the studio band that they hired didn't show up, so he just got the guys. <laughs> it's like here's me and Lol Krem. <laughs> so yeah, like after a while. The opening of the music was really good. Like, mm. the whole them lighting the torch. But then after a while, I'm like, oh, shit, are they doing another music video? <laughs> I, I liked the song. Uh, I thought it was pretty. Yeah, if nothing if nothing else could be said for this special, it has a very good soundtrack. Like, Graham Goldman wrote some really good songs for this. Yeah, because they got, like, an actual musician to do it. Right. They they didn't get someone you know terrible. It's not like they got like Billy Joel, who later in this month maybe Pat and I will be talking about Billy fucking Joel. Well, it's like Ten CC. That uh, what's the the main songwriter Graham Goldman? Graham Goldman. Yep. So, you know he he is a very very strong songwriter. Uh, has written a lot of great pop hits, but like he also he's also written some really weird shit. So like Redlock Holiday. Yes. So like in in a way he was like a good fit to do something like this because he he could take the writing part of it seriously but also like not take himself too seriously at the same time which is how you get something like Carol King on the fucking Care Bears movie. <laughs> or like, the best example for him is like Carolot. <laughs> he forgot I forgot about like, that. He's like Danny Elfman or like Mark Mothersbaugh. It's like yeah. Getting someone weird like that to to do a score to a kid's cartoon is like when Mark Mothers bought, if you you tuned into Rugrats Saturday mornings and it's like, all the music is done by Mark Mothers Yeah. Yeah, That's the joke. (laughs) That is the joke. And that backing band that never showed up went on to be Steely Dan. Are you reeling in the... (laughs) In the nineteen in nineteen eighty, what if Steely Dan was the backup band and like all of their songs were like he is fucking a puma? <laughs> Walt, we can't go with oh, that. Oh man, Let's trying to get up. like Donald Fagan and Walter Becker to do something in nineteen eighty. <laughs> just something. <laughs> just, just guys, anything. please put down the cocaine. God, this Becker children, was, I, this Becker children's was special. Fucked up this children's during. special has a surprising amount of songs about cocaine in it. Jesus Christ. Did we ever do, like, the blockbuster rule? Uh, the TV Guide rule? You basically, you know, if you want to... We're 20 minutes into this podcast. 
Lily Pab, what is the blockbuster rule? What is the 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 TV guide description? Uh, basically, just give a very short TV guide length description of yeah. what we're looking, what we're possibly looking at. Oh no, yeah, I'm, what I'm, we did with Brave Little Toaster. I remember. Yeah, that, yeah. what would it say? Uh, hey, there's no Olympics. But we got these ones with animals. Come join our Doctor Moreau parade. <laughs> <laughs> This Bell is a, Kilmer's this there is a, and everything. This is a verbatim entry, by the way. Ripped straight <laughs> a, from ripped straight rip? from ripped straight from Peter Torch's collection. Hey kids, you ever want to fuck a dog? <laughs> Jesus. And then watch a bunch of goats run around a track. I think the most upsetting thing was was watching the calamari do a bobsled. <laughs> Woo! <laughs> Tingling bobsled action continues with Europe's calamari brothers. We got a study in contrasts here. An almost casual approach by these four brothers whose teamwork developed running the family business. With Commander Quiller's hopes dashed, this team has a good shot at the goal. <laughs> You're really going to enjoy watching these boys. Not only are they extremely gifted athletes, they love their sport. And they're not afraid to shout. Yeah, you could you could feel the jiggly, the jiggling. And it was unsettling. Okay, so <laughs> the commentary it, of it was like, you could tell that these boys enjoy their craft a little more than the rest of us. <laughs> okay, the weirdest part was, it made sense that like, uh, Harry Shearer was doing uh, Vince Scully and Billy Crystal was doing Howard Cosell, but when when Shearer did Henry Kissinger as a turtle. And then did uh, and Billy Crystal did Marlon Brando as a penguin. What the fuck? Okay, uh, Henry Kissinger and uh, Marlon Brando as news anchors voices, right? I I don't think that was Harry Shearer and Billy Crystal. Actually, I think that was I think those were also Michael Fremer. No, no, oh. no. Uh, the the penguin. I I looked it up. The penguin was Billy Crystal doing Brando. Okay. But why? And, and why? What calls for that? <laughs> I I don't know. The weirdest part was was when, and you're gonna think I'm I'm crazy for saying this. The weirdest part that made a lot of sense is during the kangaroo boxing, having Billy Crystal do his Muhammad Ali impression as the commentator. It it made sense if you think about that time period. <laughs> Because this was right after the roast of Muhammad Ali, where Muhammad Ali personally asked Billy Crystal to do an impression of him. And NBC is like, hey, that worked. Do you want to do it again? And he's like, will the champ be upset? Nah. But then he was upset. He was. Very like, upset. Yeah. He didn't want to be a kangaroo. Um. Also, John Travolta alligator made no sense. Yeah. I mean... Everything that we're talking about in a vacuum makes no sense, but this is all these are all things that you see in Anim Olympics. All right. So this thing is supposed to be a it was kind of billed to me as a quote unquote satire of the Olympics. But it was right? just the Olympics. <laughs> or, or or it was just the Olympics with animals. But I think there's supposed to be some sort of satirical aspect as well. Right. Uh, and no maybe satire. there just isn't enough to sort of lampoon in the Olympics that they needed to like start bringing in random impressions like fucking Marlon Brando which like what the hell does Marlon Brando have to do ever have to do with the Olympics 
I mean, if there was a satirical element, I feel like it's the most base surface level sort of satire ever. It's extreme. I'm saying like it's very, very, I'm using the term very loosely. It's extremely well, base level sort of sort of satire. Pat, do you remember the 88 Olympics from Marlon Brando's Island? <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I remember that one. Yeah, the, the Bob Sub team had to go like go through his tummy rolls. Yeah. And they were all octopuses and Italian. <laughs> and they all had names like pizza pasta and stuff like that. That was Yeah, good 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 old Italian names. <laughs> also, okay. Why I understand this being an anthropomorphic world, but then there there were these women who were fawning after like real life women, like like not animals, fawning after the French goat. Like that made no sense. So Yeah. So on top of that we have he is the goat. But we have we have people, animators, drawing animals sexy, and then we have bestiality on top of that. So this, this is like an early iteration of BoJack Horseman, basically. Kind I of. suppose it is. Like, this basically posits a world where not only are there anthropomorphic, you know, anthropomorphic creatures run, running around, but the rest of the human race is also there, and they're fine with it. So I... I Unfortunately, didn't get a chance to watch all of the Summer Olympics. Is is that when the humans show up? Yeah, because I, I didn't see them in the Winter Olympics. So that, so that's interesting. That that's a whole other angle. I, I uh, yeah, that just adds a whole level of confusion. They, to they don't have like a major role in it. They're mostly part of yet another music video. Yeah, it's a fantasy where he's running, the goat is running, and it's about how alone he is. Like and he's running through the streets where these women are throwing themselves at him, and he's like, huh. he's like, uh, he's not, like, no, no, don't, don't touch me. Not just, be- not just women, but also cakes and bags of money. Yeah. Okay, now I'm confused. So, like, how much effort could it have taken for them to just like draw some rabbit ears on, on the women or a and, tail like, change, like, and, a, and like a puffy tail and like you know change their mouth into a little snout, you know. <laughs> It would just Apparently been a lot. Le- it would have kept with the aesthetic. Also, the music videos, they they elude time and space. <laughs> like, sure. like they're they're running, but then out of nowhere, they're in space. I mean, it at least makes sense for you know that one music video with the otter character diving because he is very clearly stoned off his ass. Yeah. Oh yeah. But was this the same company that used to do the? The Sesame Street, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12. I do not know. Let me, I, when I click when I click the link for Lisberger Studios, it just brings me to Steven Lisberger's page. Please give me money. <laughs> I need money. So were there like different animation oh. companies that contributed to uh, to Sesame Street or something? Is, is that what we're trying to find out? No. <laughs> it, was, it was Okay, so it was like they were working with the same people. Okay. It was the public broadcasting system. Mm. Yeah, but I don't know if there's a company that wanted to like donate a, an educational cartoon, you know, for you know society. You think in the eighties, while he was still alive, Jim Henson let that for shit society. go? <laughs> <laughs> Fun fact: Steven Lisberger also directed Tron. Oh, what? That's what it says right here. Uh, Steven Lisberger, director, writer for Tron, nineteen eighty-two, also visual effects concepts. Uh, I love Tron, and I I really don't like this guy. <laughs> is that why? Is that why Michael Fremer is also in Tron? 
yeah, Michael Fremer is all of the characters in Tron. No, it's on his IMDb. He is in Tron. Oh, that I mean, probably he co-wrote he co-wrote Animal Olympics with Steven Lisberger, so it can be assumed they're pretty tight. So, the, the this this is so weird because like I was so excited to talk about this, and I was like, yeah, yeah, this wasn't bad. But the more I talk about it, I'm starting to like pull behind the curtain and realize how shitty this was at the same time. Like, Gilda Radner is great, but she's just doing her, like, SNL voices. She does, like, Emily Latella. She does Barbara... Baba Wawa. Hi, I'm Baba Wawas. What is it about the marathon that generates such excitement? That it's the original Olympic event? I don't know. Just look at these wags. No, these are not my wags. And lucky for me. They belong to Europe's celebrated Wene Fromage, whose long string of victories make him the favorite in this first animal Olympic marathon. (laughs) The laziest fucking impression ever. Hello, I'm Baba Wawa. Another journalist with no connection to sports coverage whatsoever. Yeah, that that was the other thing. It's like she was never a sportscaster. (laughs) But, But back in the 70s and 80s, like she always had to do like puff pieces that made no sense. Ah, right. okay. Like, so you were mourning the death of Princess Di. <laughs> like, Wait, in the 70s? No, I'm saying 70s, 80s, and 90s. She always, like... Oh. Because she was the one who covered, like, the, the marriage of, of Charles and Diana. So they're like, well, you covered the royal wedding. Why don't you cover her, you know, death? And she's like, okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good, buddy. <laughs> you covered their wedding. Way too excited. You covered their wedding. Why don't you also cover this bestial pageant? <laughs> cover the divorce too. Why not? I've, I've never, I've never heard a funeral called a bestial pageant. No, I'm talking about the Animal Olympics. I said bestial. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> bestial pageant. Good but while we're on we the subject, ta- we were talking about we were talking about the wedding, and then we were talking about the divorce. I just assumed <laughs> the next thing was going to be the funeral. You covered love, you covered disaster, and now cover another disaster. <laughs> you've the covered the complete. You've covered the royals before. How would you like to interview a slightly racist penguin? <laughs> <laughs> Only just slightly. All that of the commentary, penguin, right? all of their commentary is ridiculous. Like, I don't know how you would do this better. I don't think you can. Anyone what? else? <laughs> <laughs> well, 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 I commentate on a on a fictional uh, anthropomorphic animal Olympic. I actually was gonna say that the writing was like pretty decent. Uh, I, I I was it, it seemed like believable to me. It was believable enough for what it was. <laughs> You mean believable when our dog climbed a skyscraper? Which that was that wasn't that wasn't one of the twin towers, was it? <laughs> I'm I'm not I I'm think, not saying that to it, be a dick. I'm I'm asking a serious. I question. think I think it was because I could have sworn that I heard him call it the Animal Trade Center, which you know, <laughs> clever. I mean, you were just saying a bit ago that you thought the writing was decent. I thought it was mostly decent because like I feel like it fell into like a lot of sort of trappings of just really really cringeworthy and uncreative puns a lot of the time oh sure yeah it wasn't terrible I'm sure it was a lot funnier back when it was released but 
it's not like the kind of timeless humor that you know just sort of I mean, and it you is imagine all the cocaine that was in this writer's room <laughs> oh there had to have been so much cocaine that went into the disco scene at the least other animals make a breather from the intense competition by heading over to the in spot noah's ark disco Okay, I I could talk about the disco scene for hours. All right, for let's do it. hours. All right, was tuck that, in, guys. Was that during the summer? I'll get a pot of coffee on. Let's I'm tuck really, in. I'm really mad. Yeah, I missed yeah. That. The the, the dis- there was a disco scene. Okay, so we told we told Pat that we would explain stuff that happened, as if basically. Imagine Pat's waking up from a coma, and he has amnesia, and he doesn't remember anything that has happened. And before he fell into the coma, he saw half of Animal Olympics. Right. <laughs> what a No, ride. he saw the whole thing, but he just forgot. <laughs> so what happens is out of nowhere, they're like, and then after the games, they like to go and relax, and then they're in a disco. <laughs> really like to let loose. And-, and, and to drive home the fact that the alligator is Travolta. He is dressed as John Travolta from Saturday oh, yeah. Night Fever. This was for sure an excuse for them to do like a goof on John Travolta in Saturday Night Fever. Lils, what if they went like a Three step... years later. <laughs> what if they went a step further for Saturday Night Fever? And then afterwards, like there's like an aardvark or a turtle on top of like a scaffolding. And he's like, hey, man, don't jump. Come on, Mikey, don't do it. <laughs> You're like my brother. Oh, no, he jumped. Just gets into an argument with someone over spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> Screw you guys. Oh, I'm going to be Pro- a dancer. I thought you wanted to be a pole vaulter. That, too. Fuck you. And once again, like you were mentioning earlier, it just feels like another music video sort of excuse. Yeah. It's another excuse to have a music it, video. Because it doesn't add anything to the plot. It's never brought up again, ever. It's an excuse like, to ha- to just waste three and a half to four minutes is what it is. <laughs> like there's no there's no scene there's no cut to next the next day and one of the athletes is way too fucking hungover because he was out dancing and doing cocaine all night to be you able think to. You got problems? I had sex with the penguin. <laughs> now he now he can't do the uh, now he can't do the five meter dash or whatever. Well, you just <laughs> the take a hundred meter dash. <laughs> you just take a B twelve shot. All right. <laughs> That's that's, <laughs> that's, how, that's how fucked up he was. He couldn't even do the five meter dash. What if what if this was like um speculating on, on all of the stories people heard about John Travolta? There's a scene, I don't know if you got to this part, Pat, but there's a scene in a sauna where it shows like the the turtle getting like massaged and like thrown into a sauna. What if they had the alligator who sounds like Travolta? He's like, Hey, where's my masseuse? I asked for Rico. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. He's just there, but he doesn't have a towel. Come on, don't be afraid of it. It's more afraid of you. Ever. So oh weird. God. It's like so weird. Hey, come on! I gotta get into yes, my mood. <laughs> but yeah. Oh also, the, the hundred meter dash. I or the hundred meter dash. I guess you turn into like a race car. Because you have yes. to dress up like a race car. That's how it works. You turn into a race car, and there's two other athletes that have names, but it doesn't matter. 
They are also race cars. Yes, everyone's, everyone is a race car. Everyone is a race car. Hashtag oh, everyone's cars. a race car. It, it's shocking that one of them wasn't Paul Newman. <laughs> oh man! Or I think Larry, he has, the like, cable popcorn guy is salad dressing. They even did like I, I mean I forget the name of the guy, but there's like a famous uh, drag race announcer from Europe that like the commentator for that event just was straight up doing an impression of that. I yeah. I don't I don't know Michael Michael Fremer earning his check. Yeah, he probably thought that this was going to be like, oh, we got Gilda and she'll tell Lauren Michaels how good I am at doing impressions, and mm. then like I will get an audition to be on SNL. Yeah, that's Oop. the thing. Michael Fremer is not a very good voice actor. I mean, he can clearly do a lot of voices, but just not very well. Well, that and like. He's not very good at like differentiating between the voices all that much because there were frequently instances where he's just very clearly just having a conversation with himself. <laughs> why didn't they pick Gilda Radner to be the lioness? Why why wasn't Michael Fremer doing the most offensive South African accent? Because that's his kink. It it was upsetting. <laughs> It was incredibly upsetting. We're airing out a lot of kinks with this movie, aren't we? Like, so, so. Yeah, this is a love- very this is a very horny episode of Writer's Bagel Basket. Yeah. <laughs> Tuesday night, Writer's Bagel Basket gets really horny. <laughs> Thanks, Peter Tork. Thank I, you for I, noticing me. I just thought that that like. Animation in the 80s and 70s was so weird. They got away with so much stuff. I mean, we, we know Disney Everything got away looked kind of dirty. Everything was dirty. <laughs> yeah. And like I slightly rem- horny. I, I just remember this video box. So this is like going to be a very deep dive. Who remembers old circulars for like Caldors and Bradleys? I remember them like... Yeah, I rem- I remember that was a thing. Oh god, I'm I'm getting into my past as a child. I would always look to see what new VHSs came out or if they had like a VHS stack that you could buy, like a stand that you could buy, you would build it yourself. I would look to see what movies are in there. And it was always like Homeward Bound and like Sister Act. Hmm. But there was always a video that I couldn't tell what it was. I was like, I've never heard of that animated one. And what it was was Animal Olympics. Like, wow. I had no mm. idea. I couldn't read what it said on it. I just remember a goat and a lioness on the cover. And this just came to you right now? Like, like as I was watching it, I was like, holy shit. Wow. That's incredible. 1992, Scott. <laughs> you poor little seven-year-old. Oh, boy. Your life could have been changed forever. Well, I just saw... The cowdoll thing. <laughs> it seems my life is gonna change. There's a gonna fuck that dog. <laughs> Animal Olympics. Welcome to, to this dog. Place. I show you her, her boobs. <laughs> also, I don't know if this was on your version of, uh. The movie, but like this, like title card at the intro is really very strange. Can you see this? No. Yeah, I see it, that... but no, we didn't. We didn't no. have that. 
<laughs> also, the animation, for some reason, on archive.org, I think someone cleaned it up. Like, they HD'd it. That would make a lot of sense. It was a very clean copy. Cause like, yeah, the one I watched was pretty squirrely. Because, like, in the related links Pun on the archive... Because <laughs> in the related links on the archive.org page, there were links to the songs from the soundtrack, and they sounded far too clean yeah. to have been, like, produced in the 70s. <laughs> Graham Goldman's like, and and not by Steely myself. Dan. And not by Steely Dan. Uh, Graham Goldman re-recorded the, the score in, like, 2020 just to fucking... Just for you guys. It, it was... I will say that as... It, this was weird. This might be one of the weirdest ones we've done since Brave Little Toaster. That's but there was no something. Thurl Ravenscroft. Oh, that's what this movie was missing. We needed, yeah. uh, I don't know, like... What, what would Where's you be? the like animal a, broads? Like a, like a walrus or something. Yeah, a walrus okay, so, who's like... I don't know. Like, no, would he, he, would he just be, be Tony the Tiger. Or would, or would he be one of the... Uh, that, oh, yeah, oh, he'd be Tony the Tiger. Tiger. Come on, guys. Yeah. Sil- right. Silly me. Ready Come on, guys. Get your head out of your ass, track. and maybe we can get this marriage back on track. <laughs> and he'd just be a commentator for one scene and then never again. For breakfast. All right. I was promised 10 pounds of cocaine. Where the fuck is it? <laughs> well, let me, let, me tell you a, let me tell you a thing or two about this. Uh, about this uh, squirrel from Saudi Arabia. It looks to be the next big... Where's my check? <laughs> so there I was on the set of The Grinch Stool Christmas ready to sing the song. And I'd just <laughs> taken a bunch of acid. Then my June Foray came And there into he was, my... <laughs> Cookie Monster, on the fucking toilet taking a shit. And I and was Mike... like, holy shit. And Michael Fremer's just like, are you talking to me? Maybe... <laughs> Shut the fuck up. Hey, want to hear a story about me and June Foray in a three-way with a puppet? (laughs) (laughs) There I was in the jacuzzi with my hand up Dawes Butler's ass. (laughs) He was doing Huckleberry Hound like there was no tomorrow. And then when I clenched my hand, it turned into Dr. Quest. That's not even your character, is it? <laughs> and oh, I'm not darling. even doing a Thurl Ravenscroft impression anymore. What is this? It's now turning into Harry Carey. <laughs> hey! Hey, Cubs win! Cubs win! But I'm I'm shocked that they didn't even like have like Harry Carrot, and it was like a bunny that looked like Harry. Oh, Carey. that would make a lot of that would be good, that would make a lot of sense. Harry Carrot? Yeah, that it's a good. bunny that looks like Harry Carey. So you're a camel that just won the javelin. That's something else. (laughs) Would you eat the javelin if it was a giant carrot? It's a simple question, camel. I know I would. Just answer it and we'll move on. I go back for seconds. Hey, another thing. (laughs) Why is this turtle Henry Kissinger? We we still haven't gotten an answer to that. I still don't know why that fucking that fucking turtle was Henry Kissinger. I mean, I it's didn't think drive it was crazy. I didn't think it was Henry Kissinger when I listened to it. I mean, it sounds like Henry Kissinger, yes, but I just assumed like it was some other sportscaster or something that no, I was Watergate was going with. on around this time. So 
Yeah. That, 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 I just assumed since they were doing all these other like plays on sportscasters and who is the sports anchor who was who was really fucking racist? Uh, I Imus, the one Don who just Imus. died. Yeah, there. <laughs> Good thing he wasn't referenced. Wow, you just came up with that on your own. Yeah, yeah. sure did. <laughs> we didn't totally just do a retake. No. And I There's said nothing. There's another one that got like busted in the '90s for some scandal too. Oh, that was um. Name. Al Michaels. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. Because they make reference of it in basketball. Yeah. Yeah, because it, it, like, just happened when that was Because he's making fun of himself. Right. (laughs) And it's hard to believe that only five years ago, those girls were in grade school. (laughs) Ooh, baby. (laughs) Al Michaels. What a monster. (laughs) Oh, boy, oh, boy. But I, I would say, like... For advertising Gilda Radner as the lead in this, she has such throwaway throwaway. Apparently, I'm having a stroke. She has such like throwaway lines that like it's it's not even her show or Crystal's or Harry Shares. It this is like the Michael Fremer show, Bas- basically, and like none of them get to be all that funny compared to Michael Fremer either. And he's not funny. He's no, not he's funny not. At no, all. he's not. Like, he's just doing his weird sort of shtick while all the other ones are just sort of like, ha-ha, good one. And why did they have to have a Swedish horse who, that one was definitely Billy Crystal. You see him hook a tip. Most skiers would be down by now, but Ribbit is still thinking ahead to the next game. Yeah, yeah. that, that was for sure Billy Crystal. That that weird Swedish accent that like weirdly dirty, dirty. sort of swerved into like Borat territory. He's like, my wife, <laughs> my wife, she's a weenie. <laughs> my horse wife, my horse wife. Hirdy dirty, oh my god, oh my god. Bork bork bork. Then it turns into Medea. <laughs> yeah, a lot of these were kind of not like overtly racist, except for the Japanese penguin guy, but. I, I, my face when I saw that, I was like, really? Oh, 19, late 1970s. Hey, they just bombed us like 40 years ago. Just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, all, like the other half of that. That's and all of worse, Pat's of audio has been replaced by Christopher Plummer. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, apart from the obviously incredibly racist penguin, I feel like there is sort of a very sort of light undercurrent of like not I don't want to say harmless racism because all racism is harmful, but like just more sort of like, yeah, just like, oh, look at this Swedish horse. Isn't he ridiculous because he's Swedish? They're mostly picking on European countries, which is fine. (laughs) Isn't Um, it great that we got all of these Jewish Canadian actors to do this? That was a terrible French Canadian accent from uh, whatever the the hockey team, because he kept yeah. like slipping in and out of it. It was annoying. But it wasn't supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be Canadian. It was the North American hockey team. I thought he was supposed to be like French Canadian though. He's supposed to be French Canadian, but it's the North American team. Yeah, that's that's a weird conceit from the thing, because like individual countries aren't represented, just continents, except oh, Russia, yeah. except Russia, which is Eurasia. Yeah, they had to change, apparently, according to Wiki and the other research, they had to change all of Russia to Eurasia so people wouldn't get upset. 
Oh and then, God. like, the miracle on ice happened, and they're like, no, I put it back in. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We sure showed them. Yeah. Also, they they missed the perfect opportunity to do the miracle on ice team for the hockey team. I would love to see Mike Aruz a pony. <laughs> <laughs> that writes itself. I, I make too many Mike Aruzioni jokes on this podcast. <laughs> well, someone's <laughs> got to. And and Lils, you are the first person to get that joke. Yeah, I've no, I don't get the reference at all. the The nineteen eighty Olympic uh, hockey team, the guy who won the game for them was Mike Ruzioni from Boston, Massachusetts. Oh, I sh- okay. I shouldn't get that because I don't watch movies or sports, but I got it. <laughs> so I said that they should have had him as a pony, and his name <laughs> would have been Mike Ruzza Pony. That's very good. I find that comical. Yes, it is very good. It's, it's best when we explain the jokes to the guests. <laughs> so you see, guys, a bagel basket has 13 bagels in it. <laughs> you see, this is about nostalgia and childhood and how we're traumatized from it. Thanks, yeah. TV and film. A podcast is an audio medium where it seems like we're in the room talking, but we're not. Well, depending on how well I edit this together, who knows? <laughs> And it goes onto a pod, an iPod. That doesn't exist anymore. They're called cell phones. (laughs) They're called cell phones. (laughs) So, yeah. Um, As we get to the bottom of this. (laughs) Will just held up her iPod. She looks so sad. (laughs) We got a bajillion songs on this. What the heck? I just bought it. I I just bought it. I bought it from a guy wrapped, it was wrapped up in a blanket. (laughs) <laughs> Thanks, stimulus check. Yeah. <laughs> he had an incredibly dirty coat. <laughs> was he wearing a top hat and twiddling his mustache? <laughs> he was. Thanks. The well, Pad, meow, meow. <laughs> I got this magical iPod, you see. Meow, meow. This fictional huckster also calls me Lilypad? Yes. Love Patience, my pet. Yeah, yeah. Come on, don't you just want this iPad? Yeah, yeah. I, I love how I'm twiddling my mustache and no one can see. Are you sure uh, this isn't Bustifer from Cats? Yeah, it's Bustifer Jones. Bustifer Jones. It's me, James Corden. No one finds me annoying. Oi, oi, oi. Oh my God. I'm Bustifer Jones and I'm fat. That's, That's the joke. The story. <laughs> I forced DreamWorks to put me in the Trolls movie more, and the movie sucks even more. <laughs> That's what you're getting. Two more hours of this. So what we're going to do now is we're going to go into this motor vehicle and sing songs on the radio box. This has just turned into a makeshift review of the Cats movie now. Yep, we've we taken it over. Um, so Magical Mr. Mistopheles... Uh, <laughs> He's a pretty uh I'm not doing big, uh, I'm not doing this twice. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, I'm a, I'm a fan of Skimble Shanks. <laughs> but so I, did, I, did, I, I, I did I did have a little uh, fun fact. I don't know if you saw the news this week, but Hugh Jackman uh said that Tom Hooper offered him cats and he looked at him and he's like fuck no. <laughs> <laughs> That's so good. Who would have he have been? Rum Tum Tugger? Um, That's all I can think of. Growl Tiger? 
But then I, we'd be deprived of Ray Winstone going. Rawr, 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 no, rawr. no, I th- I think he was going to be Rum Tum Tugger. If you think about Hugh Jackman, like Grizabella, probably <laughs> Skimble Shanks. <laughs> Hugh Jackman is Mr. Mistopheles. Remember when this podcast was about Animal Olympics? <laughs> this this no. was an intervention. <laughs> What Will's a terrible intervention. On cats. What a terrible intervention. <laughs> You've been doing too much drugs, so we're going to watch this drug movie. No, I'm I'm fucking sick of interventions. I, I've been I've been holding them for like the past few months cuz Corey Feldman still lives here. You know that, right? Oh man. He's he's been here. Yeah, and now we're, we're under quarantine. He can't fucking go anywhere. He's been working on his album. Yeah, you, for why, the why is he months. not wearing pants in the background? He's like straight up Donald ducking it. <laughs> You, I don't know. I, you, I really don't know. I, I think it's your fault for buying him, him the sailor suit. <laughs> and not buying him any pants. And you were, you were telling me that you ran out of he, cinnamon he toast. Said that he, yeah, he said that he pooped his last pair. You told me a while ago you ran out of cinnamon toast crunch, so that must be hell. Yeah. Um, Straight up golden uh, grams? <laughs> I stopped feeding him because he, he shit his last pair of pants, and I'm not going to fucking deal with that again. So... <laughs> <laughs> We've been doing the Corey Feldman bit over two different podcasts for way too long, and it will. And I still haven't further. gotten payback with you guys. Oh well, with Lils, you had to watch the psych episode that he was on. But I, I actually liked. Oh, see that backfired because I actually liked that episode. Yeah, that episode was pretty good. But it's I, good I need show. to find a really bad Corey Feldman movie and make both of you do it. Oh yeah, we totally do. Make us watch that one where he's an incredibly transphobic vampire. What? There's like some movie that he did where he's just like a vampire character that's very clearly like the worst oh, like, Bordello trans of Blood? character. Yeah, Bordello of Blood, that's it. Yeah, I'm going to make oh, you guys watch a wow, Dennis Miller that. movie. <laughs> hey, babe. Got to get back to Saskatchewan. Oh, man. Saskatchewan? <laughs> Yeah, have you ever heard Dana Carvey tell people how to do a, a Dennis Miller impression? You no. Just, you just say something political, and then you you make up a state that sounds like it's real or, or like <laughs> yeah. the province of Canada. So then, you know, Rush Limbaugh, babe, is, uh, you know, still a terrible person, but we're going to give him an award, and then we're going to he- haul ass back to Saskatchewan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so anyway, that's why Adam Olympics... Um... Hey, I mentioned someone who was who was on SNL. Also, the weirdest part is Gilda Radner, Billy Crystal, and Harry Shearer were all on SNL. Yeah. Poor Michael Fremer. At ver- at various points. Um, yes, because Billy Crystal and Harry Shearer were on the same year. Has Ten oh, CC ever performed on SNL? Uh, probably. they must have. They had the things to. to do for love. Things to do for love. They must have done that one. <laughs> While Scott's looking that up, I'll uh, mention just like a neat little factoid. Uh, just out of curiosity, I looked up the soundtrack to Animal Olympics, Graham Goldman's soundtrack on Discogs. Um, it has never been reissued on CD. Oh. It's only ever been on vinyl and cassette. So that's... Now that's interesting. That, that's, that, that's a good thing to have. That's in interesting collection. to Pat and I and no one else. <laughs> I want it on vinyl. I'm doing it on Nomiak. Uh, it looks like they have never performed on SNL. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah, I guess they didn't really have a big enough hit. So they're in the Mike Fremer club. Yeah. No, they have not. Um, yeah. So, um, as we get to the end of this, how many bagels? How many bagels? Um, I'm going to give it like, I'm going to give it only slightly higher than straight down the middle and go with like seven bagels. Just because like, like I came out of it entertained and like I did enjoy it. But at the same time, for all the reasons I mentioned, like the humor is very on the nose and dated. Uh, there's also like the the racist penguin character, and um, it's just weird in general, and like just it's just weird and awkward, and that's like preventing me from like giving it like a fully like good sort of review. Uh, I will give like uh, ten bagels to the soundtrack though, <laughs> as its own separate entity. Pat, it's up to thirteen, right? Yeah. Uh, yeah, I I kind of agree with. A lot of what Will said, uh, probably about the same. Uh, Going to give it six bagels. Um, I, I was entertained. I was surprisingly entertained. Uh, I thought it was going to be a lot more boring. But like you said, that a lot of the jokes were were uh, were very dated and and, and on the nose. Uh, and yeah, um, it just I think there was like a little too much put into it. Uh, <laughs> Like like it didn't need to didn't need that great of animation. It didn't need that great of a soundtrack. And it could have been a lot shorter. Uh I think the fact that it was like wasn't the summer one was like an hour long or some shit, wasn't it? Well, so the entire thing was an hour and seventeen minutes when they yeah. put them together. And Yeah, the summer's way longer. Right. Because mm-hmm. there's not much lot. to do. Like <laughs> Not much to do in the wintertime, I guess, except yeah. to fuck around on your sled. So, um, if I'm understanding your review correctly, Pat, your problem was that it wasn't mediocre enough. Yeah, kind of. Not mediocre enough and not short enough. Uh, but I think, like, they did a good job sort of mimicking the uh, the newscaster style because, uh, yeah, that, that was kind of the part that made it, like, semi-believable for me and kind of entertaining was just the... Uh, going through that sort of, like, journalistic speak uh, that was sort of prevalent at the time. Uh, I thought it was, like, kind of semi-entertaining, I guess. I'm going with five, because after a while, I I looked at the, the time on this, and I thought that I was already an hour in it, and I was, like, 15 hmm. minutes in, and it, it just dragged after a while. Yeah, yeah the pacing's a bit weird. Uh, the music was good, but, like... I'm I'm not a music podcast, so I got to go with what I know. Also, I thought that the impressions were so offensive at times, and the animation just irked me. <laughs> like it was, it was too creepy, even for '70s animation when everyone was on drugs. Yeah, it was a little too sexy, a little too dirty. So yeah, we've come mm-hmm. to the end of this episode. Um, Lil's pet, thanks for doing this. Thanks for of having course. us. Anytime. Right. Mm-hmm. And uh, Pat, you'll be back later in the month. <laughs> yep, I'll, I'll be there. We're yeah. gonna do a Simpsons episode too at some point. Yeah, some point. <laughs> yeah, but uh, you know, you really shouldn't worry or should care. That's a hint. <laughs> 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 so until next time, I'm Scott Curlin. Bye. Bye.
Beep.